This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's a Sunday kind of love. I'm Maya Tan. Welcome to the 50 Shades of Cray So Bad It's Bad episode. Why bad? Because on A Sunday Kind of Love, we make it a point to highlight things that we think are good and that we want you to enjoy. But the thing is, we're inundated with content that passes itself off as entertainment. Some of it is good, some of it's so bad it's good, and then some of it is so bad it's just bad. So joining me today is bad boy Umapagan Ambike Pagan. Bad boy? Really? And we're going to be looking at books, movies and some of the super cray things you can find on the internet. First up, just when you thought it couldn't get worse, E.L. James of the Notorious Fifty Shades of Grey trilogy is back with a new book, Grey, Fifty Shades of Grey, as told by Christian. Take it away, Uma. The question is, Maya, did the world really need this? The answer is a resounding no. Right? And But now that it's in our world, there are people who go like, oh, oh my gosh, I never thought about it this way. It's so interesting. You know, the idea of someone making all your decisions for you, it's so liberating. Well, no, but that was always, that seemed to be the line of logic for the appeal. And I remember asking people, who seemed to enjoy the book. And when I was doing the review for Fifty Shades of Grey three, four, four years ago, something like that, I remember asking people and that was the initial response. The initial response was, wow, um, you know, for a lot of people, they may have these lives which are very decision heavy. And so, which isn't to say they are women who are not feminist or, or weaker in any way, but it's a sort of escapism for them, right? Yeah, that's now, just romanticizing it. Like. And I don't, I don't mind that sort of escapism at all. I think we all have ways that we like to escape by reading, um, by reading, you know, uh, 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 pulp and stuff. And, so. Oh, well, no, not only that, but even the kind of pulp, trashy, $2 fictions and all of that. But at the same time, they're good. This one is, it's... It's it's I mean I'm just talking about Fifty Shades of Grey. There's awful writing. There's there's awful storytelling. There's awful character development. Um, but there was some there's something about it that has caused it to be a multi-million, close to a billion-dollar industry now with the films out as well, mm-hmm. all surrounding E.L. James' rubbishy creation. Mm-hmm. And now she's cashing in it, cashing in some more by releasing Grey which is the oldest trick in the book. You've seen it from her point of view, now get it from his and we'll start another trilogy or franchise or whatever. Well, usually, you know, things like that come about like decades later, right? Like Pride and Prejudice, the extension, you know, which led to Death at Pemberley. I, I actually Death comes quite like Death I like, Comes I like. to Pemberley, yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. But, but this is trash and then extended trash. And it isn't well written. And I think that is my main issue with something being... Uh, so bad it's bad versus so bad it's good. I think there are tropes that people will go, oh, that's so bad and that's so awful. Uh, but sometimes it's presented in a way that is so engaging and entertaining that you enjoy it. Grey, I've I've unfortunately read the book and so have you. Mm-hmm. And it's not just badly written. I think there are some incredibly questionable moments in that book as well. <laughs> questionable, really? Questionable to the sense that, you know, there are young, impressionable women reading this book, and mm. I think it does send all sorts of wrong messages. I'm not, I'm not a prude in that I don't expect people to take as gospel things they, things they read in fiction. But at the same time, there are 
there, a part of me is concerned when this is reaching out to hundreds and millions of people. But anyone who's slightly discerning, if you're a teenager who's discerning, you will know that successful, handsome men do not talk to themselves like this. Oh, if only I could read out some of this stuff, if it was only playable on radio, it's <laughs> awful. Just going back to your question, does the world really need this? You know, I mean, I'm amazed that well, it's, it's clear that the book agents are milking the cow for as far as they can possibly go. I'm amazed that the agents didn't push for something with more merit. You know, why not a prequel? Why not a time jump? Tell different stories. Why the same, the exact same story? You already know what happens. I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. You have to cater to the ability of the author. <laughs> Touché. And I think E.L. James has a very limited scope. I've been very critical of J.K. Rowling because I thought by stretching out Harry Potter into seven books, I think the last few books were quite appalling. I didn't enjoy them. I thought the movies were far better than the books because they were they took the good bits out mm-hmm. of the books and made them and put them into a format that wasn't too long, tedious, or even boring. Um, and I was incredibly critical of her of her follow up novel, A Casual Vacancy, uh, because I found that incredibly boring as well. But then. She wrote these murder mystery novels mm-hmm. under the pseudonym Galbraith, if I'm not mistaken. And those are fantastic. There are two of them out now. And I think those are a true reflection of J.K. Rowling's skill in that she's broken away from this Harry Potter universe and shows us that actually, you know what, I can do a lot of other things and I can do it really, really well. Two. I think the fact remains that, okay, maybe you didn't enjoy four, five, six, and seven, but the first few ones were hits. Yeah, and E.L. James, on the other hand, for better or for worse, is still a fan fiction writer. That's, that's what it feels like. She hasn't grown her voice beyond that of Twilight fan fiction. Okay, well, you know, folks, I have to say that if you do want to be entertained, um, every line in this book actually is quite entertaining as in they're absolute tearjerkers as in as in laugh till you cry bad comedy it's the best bad comedy i've ever read you know one of my favorite lines is is one where christian is going down on anna for the first time ever and he says it's a long time since i've seen pubic hair up close and personal like this i tug it gently perhaps we'll keep this though it's no good for wax play who talks like that? <laughs> I, I was literally just pounding the book on my head. Here, why don't you read the next one? I drag my hand through my hair and in an even a tone as I can manage, I ask, are you hungry? Not for food, she teases. Whoa, she might as well be addressing my groin. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is the quality of literature you have to look forward to if you're reading Grey, Fifty Shades of Grey from the point of view of Grey, Christian Grey. It, it does get better. Or worse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we read from page 129 and page 304. This one's from page 348. Her sharp intake of breath is music to my dick. (laughs) Oh, this ass is mine. So mine. And it's going to get warmer. (laughs) I I have no words. I was reading this book, and, and this is what's interesting. What's fascinating for me is as a person who enjoys book and enjoys literature and and tries to propagate literature i'm always interested in what makes things like this appealing and thus the so bad it's bad so bad it's good thing because i'm wondering yes i can understand some things being bad and yet they sell 10 million copies this for me attacks a certain part of the human psyche that i don't grasp as to why people buy it like it propagate it 
and actually feel it's good because I don't believe that people are buying it because they think, haha, this is hilarious. Um, I don't like it. It's a funny joke. I think there are a lot of people who buy this and go... And take it seriously. And take it seriously and enjoy this and think this is this is the kind of literature I want to read. And I would love to get inside the mind of those people because I don't, I don't grasp it. I don't get it. I wouldn't know how to write a review of this book for those individuals because anything I write will just come across as being silly and insulting mm-hmm. and possibly even smacking of arrogance. But I just can't help myself when I read this. That's all I think about. No, you're not alone in this. I can assure you of that. Um, but you're right. You know, she's she's a fan fiction writer. And there are fan fiction writers who have written better things. Some who have written worse than her. But just the fact that this has just exploded all over the world and, you know, uh, captured the hearts of people, if I may say that, is is very disturbing to me. In many ways, I think the simplest explanation for something like this is that there are a group of people to whom these characters appeal, just like how Batman and Superman and Spider-Man appeal to comic book fans. And because these characters appeal and they're comfortable with these characters and they somehow feel like friends and family, you just want to keep hearing more stories about these characters. You like Christian Grey. You want to hear more stories about Christian Grey. And I think that could be it. So it goes back to the core of what it means to be a fan. And she is just writing fan service. Mm -hmm. Well, so if this is your cup of tea, I'm glad you will enjoy it. Go get it. Uh, Grey has been banned in Malaysia, but the e-book is available. Has it it confirmed? Because Fifty Shades of Grey is banned. But I don't think they've actually released a statement about Grey because they may Ah. not know it's out there yet. So I don't know if our home ministry knows it's out there in the world. But usually when a book gets banned like Fifty Shades of Grey, it's very unlikely bookshops will risk bringing in something like Grey, even though it's not on the ban list. That's true, that's true. So yeah, everyone will just be kind of cautious. But yeah, I think the ebook is available. If you go nearby Bali, Bangkok, you'll find it. Fifty Shades of Grey, as told by Christian, written by E.L. James, is 559 pages of bad comedy. And Uma, I'm going to have to ask you what you thought of the Fifty Shades of Grey movie, of course. And we've got a few so bad, it's bad movies to talk about. And that's right after this. One of my fave songs from the Fifty Shades of Grey movie, Earned It, by one of the hottest acts in music, The Weeknd. A Sunday Kind of Love continues right after this on BFM. 89.9 
It's a sunny kind of love. I'm Maya Tan. You're listening to the Fifty Shades of Cray. So bad, it's bad episode where we throw caution to the wind and put the spotlight on things that pass off as entertainment, which are so bad they're not even good. They're just bad. Uma Pagan and Bike Pagan is here with me on this one. Uma, you know, earlier we were going to talk about your verdict on the Fifty Shades of Grey movie with Jamie Dornan and Dakota Johnson. So it's interesting. The movie I found the movie incredibly boring. I was in London when the movie was released, and I managed to catch it in London. So it was it was not pirated, and it was and it was uncensored. Um, and I found the pace incredibly slow. And incredibly boring. So for a movie but that not hyped as slow itself, as Twilight. Oh, not as slow as Twilight. Wow, the first Which two Twilight all movies. This fan yeah, fiction, it did. Right? And that's the thing. For a movie that hyped itself on so much raunchiness and risqueness, there was so little of it. There was so little actually. There was so little that was tantalizing. And I think that's where it fell short. I think E.L. James is a terrible writer. But there's a lot that can be done on film to make bad books better. I have this theory, which I've been touting for the longest time, in which I I say that bad books make very good film. Mm. Because when good good books are so much, so much, that it's so hard to distill into two hours. But bad books, I think a good screenwriter can pull apart just these key elements and actually make it into quite something quite spectacular. And I think in a movie, you could tease people you could be risque you could yeah, be wrong like setting up the suspense Correct. You know, using devices i don't mean porn i don't mean even yeah. softcore porn i just mean using those devices of or, suspense or even of, just uh, emphasizing the bdsm angle exactly um dakota johnson i really did enjoy in the film i thought i thought she was she gave the character a lot more charisma than ev- there, there ever was in Absolutely. the book um she wasn't that much of a wet blanket in the film in the book, yeah, she was pretty much Kristen Stewart. Yes, she was. In Twilight. <laughs> yes, she was. And uh, as for uh, Jamie Donan, yeah, I did not like him at all in this film. I just, he felt too much, and maybe he was told to play that role, the role that way, but he felt too much like a robot. He felt like a piece of I cardboard. I think he was boxed in. He was, incredibly boxed because in. Because he's a very talented actor, as we've seen in The Fall. Exactly. The Fall's a brilliant TV show and he's great in it. But you know what's the worst thing? The worst thing is, and I, and I think I know there was a lot of controversy between E.L. James saying that she wanted a, a, a significant amount of input I- into the movie. And, and the scripting in the movie was, wasn't great, but where it really fell down was when they started adapting lines from the book. Lines, unfortunately, that I cannot repeat, but they started adapting lines and they used the exact lines from the book. And when they said it out loud on film, on this screen that is 40 feet long, it just made you cringe in the cinema. Mm -hmm. And literally everyone around me was chuckling. And if you want to catch some of those lines, all you have to do is uh, look up on YouTube. Uh, Jamie Dornan was on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. And there was a snippet called 50 Accents of Grey. And the lines that he had to do in different accents are, you know, just show you how cringeworthy these lines are. That's always sad, right? Because I'm in a cinema and and I'm assuming a lot of the people in the cinema as well uh, aren't just curious observers, but they might be fans of the movie. Uh, I mean, fans of the book and they've come to see what the movie is like. And of course, as they're watching it, you know, even when these when these sex scenes happen, these this you know he's supposed to build up, um, you know he's supposed to deflower this girl and it's building up to such a thing. And then when the sex scenes happen, everyone's giggling, everyone's chuckling, and it's not in a uh, giggling in a sexy way. No, 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 it's giggling in a I can't believe this is so ridiculous way. Mm, and it's not even you know discomfort, you know, or embarrassment. It's it's no, it's <laughs> outright hilarity. <laughs> yes, exactly. What a pleasant surprise, Miss Steele. Just Anna 
<clears throat> Just kind of... You're in here. I was in the area in business. Needed to pick up a few things. Are you free? Yeah. What can I help you with? Do you stock cable ties? Cable ties, yes, we do. I can show you if you want. Please lead the way, Miss Steele. Just Anna. Is that it? Masking tape. Are you redecorating? No. Um, we have two inch and one inch. But the truly self-respecting handyman will have both in his toolbox. Of course you will. Mm, it's rare to find the connoisseur these days. Do you want anything else? Yes. Rope. Okay. Rope, tape, cable ties. You're the complete serial killer. Not today. Anything else? What would you recommend? Um, maybe coveralls, so you protect your clothes. Could just take all my clothes off. Okay. No clothes. I mean, no coveralls. You... I can't ever think of anything else. Well, I guess that's it then. Cool. I agree with you in that these two are quite good actors, right? And because of that, they allowed me to see the truth and not the hype. He's a boy with toys who wants to play and she's just naive and caught up in the helicopters and the snazzy suits and the whirlwind romance, you know, literally whirlwind from the helicopter. And when he says something with affected seriousness and she giggles, it's real. Even she takes the piss out of him. Impressive. I've done this before. Business meetings, I mean. Miss Steele, hmm? your meeting. Page one. Strike out my old address and replace with a new one. An oversight. Duly noted. Page three, section 1520. The submissive shall submit to any sexual activity demanded by the dominant and shall do so without hesitation or argument. <laughs> uh, turn to page five. Appendix 3, Soft Limits. With you. Find anal fisting. I'm all ears. Strike it out. Strike out vaginal fisting, too. You sure? Yeah. Same page. Is the use of sex toys acceptable to the submissive? Vibrators, okay. Dildos, fine. Genital clamps? Absolutely not. Consider them gone. What are butt plugs? So they were smart and they played the truth and the director, of course, slicked up the visual imagery. It's a very pretty movie. The suits, the sets, the apartment, the restaurants. E.L. James had no idea. She, she has zero taste, right? And her book agents are probably complete crooks for letting her get away with this, but I'd love for them to represent me someday. <laughs> Uh, so there's another two movies coming out, obviously. Yep. Um, I don't think I don't think they may push the envelope to actually make a movie from the point of view of Grey. I think that would be crazy. Uh, that would just be the same film repackaged. <laughs> Maybe they should just use him, you know, and do like a director's cut, a commentary kind of thing. <laughs> Possibly, right? I mean, that might be the only way that they could actually cash in on this yeah, new and book. And as Grey, he'll go like, wait, wait, pause it right there. <laughs> this is what I felt. <laughs> Oh, no, seriously, guys, if you read this book, if you read Grey, 
It's awful. No, I don't know. I, maybe there's some men out there with that kind of inner monologue, but his inner monologue will make you laugh out loud. It's like E.L. James has no idea what goes on in the mind of men. It's hilarious. She's, we've seen from Fifty Shades of Grey that she has no idea what goes on in the minds of women, but now she's actually proved that she has no idea what goes on in the minds of men. Oh gosh, what other movies are on your list of so bad it's bad? Well, I don't. I, not about so bad it's bad. I think I think so bad it's good. I've got a couple of movies just you know from these last few weeks. I think uh, Jurassic World and and Terminator Genesis being two, I think fantastic films. But that's because I'm a child of that generation. I grew up <laughs> watching the originals and they impacted my life in a big way. But I don't understand. Sometimes I don't get the you know. Three minutes ago, we're being incredibly critical of, of, of Fifty Shades of Grey. And I think my main criticism for that is because it purports to be something more than it is. Mm. And for me, when I go in to judge a movie like uh, or criti- critique a movie like Jurassic Park or Terminator Genesis, I know exactly what I'm going in for. So, Which is why I never understand film critics who don't take the movie for what it is. Jurassic Park is one of the most fantastic roller coaster theme park rides I've had in the cinema Agreed. this year. Oh, wait, Jurassic World, you mean? I mean, Jurassic World. Jurassic Park, I mean, that happened 25 years ago. Yes, that affected me that way then as well as I was a kid watching it over and over again at Rex Cinema. Um, But uh, Jurassic World, yeah, greatest theme park, right? It It was everything I wanted. You know, 3D. IMAX, massive dinosaurs, chasing women with heels, uh, Chris Pratt, right? It's not about control. Stand down. It's a relationship. Based on respect. These animals are thinking, I gotta eat. I'm gonna hunt. I gotta... You gotta be able to relate to at least one of those things. Every time we've unveiled a new attraction, attendance has spiked. That was awesome! Corporate felt genetic modification would up the wow factor. They're dinosaurs. Wow enough. She was designed to be bigger than the T-Rex. What happened to the sibling? She ate it. We have an asset out of containment. What is that? Her tracking implant. She clawed it out. How would it know to do that? She remembered where they put it in. Oh, God. She's killing for sport. You got 20,000 people. You got no more boats. You don't have enough guns. If we do this, we do this my way. We got eyes on target. Light it up! Something's wrong. They're communicating. We're talking about an animal here. A highly intelligent animal. Uh, you know, if, if I had one criticism uh, of the film, it's the, it's the director and the writers didn't know how to use Chris Pratt and his Chris Prattness. 
Chris Pratt from Parks and Recreation. Yeah, and even from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. I think that 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 roguish charm wasn't in this movie, mm, which I would have liked to see. Very serious. He was very serious. They should have put in more humor, made him a little bit of a funny guy as well. Correct. I think that's what's and, missing. And he wouldn't have lost any charm, you know, buffed up charm now. <laughs> and 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 so and that's what you want from a summer blockbuster. Mm. It's exactly what I want from a summer blockbuster. And. And heck, it's exactly what the world wants. In in three days, it became the highest grossing opening weekend of all time. I think it's broken five, six hundred million uh, a local box office in the United States, 1.3 billion globally. It's now, as of yesterday, as of last week, something like that, it is the third highest grossing movie of all time. You know what? The box office tells the truth at the I, end of the day. I think it does to a certain extent. I think uh, sometimes during, especially during the summer season, people like to go to the cinema for a sense of escapism. And I think it speaks to everything that's going on in the world right now. That That's all you want. When you go to the movies... You want that one and a half, that 90 minutes, that two hours to be, to let your imagination run free and just be taken away into another world. And movies Absolutely. like Terminator Genesis and Jurassic Park do that. Well, Jurassic Park actually... Uh, sorry, Jurassic, Jurassic World, sorry. Jurassic World didn't actually get such bad reviews. Uh, it was 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, Tomatoes, 59% on Metacritic and 7 out of 10 on IMDb. Oh, 59 on Metacritic, quite bad. Lah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Terminator Genesis though. Um, can you take us through the storyline chronologically again? Because you know, now I'm confused I, with the good T-800 circa Terminator 2 with Edward Furlong as a teenager. Oh, totally, totally. So I can't get bad- you through the storyline without the super spoilers for Genesis. However, I can tell you this. Mm. Arnie in Terminator 1 gets sent to kill people um, and he's the bad guy in that movie. In Terminator 2, Arnie is the same Terminator who gets reprogrammed to be good and sent back and in this case to protect Sarah Connor and John Connor. What Terminator Genesis does, which I love, is they went, hmm, Terminator 3 and Terminator Salvation were such awful movies. Let's do a time travel trick to make those movies not exist. Disappear! Exactly. So um, so Terminator Genesis is, is, is a kind of a reboot of the franchise. A lot of people do this. Star Trek did it. J.J. Uh, Abrams did it. I mean, but his was not rebooting out of awfulness. His was just trying to find a new way to bring Star Trek to a new audience. And I think he did a very clever job. Mm. Terminator Genesis is following what I call the Brian Singer um, uh, X-Men uh, Days of Future Past model. Uh, basically, X3 was so bad, Brian Singer made Days of Future Past and rebooted everything from X-Men 2. Uh-huh. And now he's starting again, right? And X-Men 3 never happened. <laughs> uh, but Genesis is interesting because Genesis is a great action movie with, with, with great set pieces. Arnold Schwarzenegger is still fantastic. Bad fantastic, right? Like right, he's, he's it is. Kaku, Arnie acting, but he's Arnie and we love it now. But he embraces it. Mm. He knows what he's doing and he loves it. He knows he's Arnie. He knows that's the role he has to play. And it's, it's not a caricature. He just, he just owns it. Yeah. He totally owns it. I look at each of you and I see the marks of this long and terrible war. If we die tonight... Mankind dies with us. The machine sent a Terminator back to the time before the war to kill my mother, Sarah Connor. Sir, let me save her. What you're doing right now, this is the end of the war. 
time you're going back to her, she'll be scared and weak. Take care of her for me, Kyle. John sent me here to save you. From the Terminator that was sent back to kill me, I know, but we already took care of him. We? I've been waiting for you. The time John sent you to, it no longer exists. Everything's changed. We can stop Judgment Day from happening. I haven't seen it, obviously. I've, I've just seen the trailer. But there's a rather worthwhile scene where Arnie's T-800 battles another T-800 who looks exactly like Arnie, well, it's but him. it's not Arnie. It's him. So, yeah, this is this time weird time travel element where he's got to destroy himself from the first movie. I see. Yeah. That explains the 80s hair. <laughs> the great 80s hair. And they did some fantastic special effects because it looks exactly like how exactly. he looked in the first film. Nice night for a walk, eh? Nice night for a walk. Wash day tomorrow. Nothing clean, right? Nothing clean. Right. Yeah, I think this guy's a couple cans short of a six-pack. <laughs> Your clothes. Give them to me. Now. You won't be needing any clothes. I've been waiting for you. So, I think the Terminal Genesis is is really we go back to fan service. It's really fan service. Any kid grew up watching those movies, Terminator One, Terminator Two, Terminator Three, is going to love this film just because of of the way of of, of it pulling all the right strings for you. It is by no means a fantastic movie. It is by no means even a good movie. But I will say that it is a great piece of entertainment. <laughs> And thus, the so bad it's good. Okay, so that that kind of falls in the so bad it's good category. Um, but coming up, we've got several shades of grey with squishy videos, masking, if you know what that is, and just plain creepy to name a few things. And that's after this on a Sunday kind of love, BFM eighty nine point nine. It's a Sunday kind of love. I'm Maya Tan. This is the Fifty Shades of Cray. So bad, it's bad episode. Uma Pagan and Bike Pagan is here with me on this one. So I've kind of scoured the internet and there's all kinds of cray out there. First up, I think the rise of the vlog has just given birth to a new form of narcissistic journalism that promotes the worst kind of consumerism. I like how you call it journalism. Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> so can we, can we talk about squishies? No, wait. I've got to show you this thing to sort of like highlight what I said about you know narcissistic journalism one of the cases in point uh, would be you know those makeup halls H-A-U-L-S and the designer handbag halls and the dress halls and uh, oh, where, where, where young people prominent bloggers are supposed to kind of use them and review them it's kind of like look at what I bought and that's it and then they, they just state the obvious. And this one is a very famous YouTuber. Her name is Zoe Sykes. Hello everyone, today I am going to be doing a clothing haul because I figured the last time I did any clothing 
shopping was just before my holiday to Mykonos, so I kind of feel like it's about time. I'm just gonna tell myself that, even though we both know it's just because I wanted to have a splurge. I rest my case. That's interesting. It's, it's look how cool my life is. Yeah. I've been to Mykonos. <laughs> and now I'm Slip going to go in. shopping. Cleverly, yeah. uh, I think it's important to mention that that single video of her just showing off clothes and what she's bought has over 1.3 million views, folks. And she's not the only one. There's tons of people out there doing this and some are worse than others. But let me point out something that's really good. The production value on her video is fantastic. It it's, is quite it's, good. It's, the, the video quality is great. The sound quality is great. The jump cuts are great. The jump cuts are great. You see her in focus while the rest of her room is in soft focus. I mean, this is professionally done. It's not just some kid selfieing on an iPhone showing off what she's bought. No, this is this is proper. But but Zoella now has her own label and stuff. So so this is one of the bigger ones. Um, anyway, apart from dresses and makeup and designer handbags, uh, where people just state the obvious, you know, it's green, there's a dust bag, and a made in China label, etc., etc. Um, they're unboxing videos, unwrapping videos, which garner millions of views. And one product category that I thought should be highlighted would be the squishy category. I do not understand the squishy, Maya. Hi everyone, it's Lily or Cool Rice Bunnies and today I'm going to be doing my squishy collection video. I don't have a very large collection but I have enough squishies that you guys requested for me to do this video. If you don't know what a squishy is, it's basically a soft foam collectible toy that's usually in the shape of a baked good or a character or a combination of the both and people collect them. But I'm going to be showing you guys one by one the squishies that I have in their packaging and then at the end of the video I'm going to have clips of me squishing each squishy individually because I know you guys like seeing how soft they are so I'm going to do that for you. <laughs> and this is audio from a video I took of you and Ezra Zaid watching the squishy video. Now there's bows and donuts. This is real. Yeah, this is food. You don't know what you It's by Sandeo. Ready, regular bands. Open it. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you know this. It's I don't know if you know this. Jurassic Park. When she meets him for the first time in his thing, uh -huh. at the background there's a huge Sanrio, uh -huh. which they will clearly sponsor. I oh, my God. oh, I think I've seen this one. Hey, press it like so that. I just want to see your squishy. Pasta press. Pasta press. Pasta press. Pasta press. Okay. Squeeze. They're squishies. Okay. Oh, she's showing all of the ones she has, but I don't care about the collection. Okay. Oh my God, she oh, is so becoming. What's a squishy? This thing like this oh, is yeah, a squishy. Oh yeah, that's why she said her collection. Oh, okay, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Collection, okay. <gasps> what? 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 I do not understand. That's it. That's this is like, so confusing. That's like a stress ball with yeah. patterns. Okay. Look at you know, a squishing spree. That's Whoa. it. That's it. Now. Whoa! I think the kids are stoned when they did this. <laughs> yeah. That's why they were like, oh my god, it's coming back to life. You look so real. Huh? I want to eat that. Okay, okay. Ezra, you want to make you feel really bad about yourself? Let's see how many hits, okay? Oh no! Uh, let's see if our entire life's work is worth it, okay? <laughs> 200,000 oh, yeah. views! Huh, 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 200,000 huh. views. People just used to press boobies, now they're pressing these? Yeah. <laughs> right? Okay, so that's just ridiculous. What is a squishy... Okay, for people who can't see, we're on radio. People can't see what it is. It's... I urge you to YouTube it anyway. But they are food stuff. Sometimes it's, it's with Hello Kitty on it. Rubbery, foamy stuff that's made to look like food. Yeah, sorry, yes. Things that resemble food that are rubbery and foamy that you squish in your hands. 
but there are hundreds and thousands and hundreds of thousands of them which children buy and collect. And adults. Okay, I'm sure adults do it too. But and yeah, vlog about it. And then they vlog about it. And the vlogs are very interesting because it's weird because it, the fact that there are there are kids doing it removes any kind of sexuality from it. But you could actually see a very sexual element to it because basically they just lay out all these things and then slowly start squishing them with their hands. <laughs> slowly squishing. Yeah. So you'll oh, see... And uh, this is slow rising and this is fast rising. <laughs> yes, what they mean by that is you squish it and then some go boop and some go boop, which is the best sound effect representation I can give you of what happens. But we're talking dozens upon dozens, folks. There's there's French toast. There are little burgers. There are little Hello Donuts. Kitty faces. Donuts. Beautifully crafted. Panda pals. Pan, yeah, panda pals. Beautifully crafted pieces of fake food stuff that cost a fortune. And it's about 60 ringgit for one of these. And it's become a thing. It's become a cult. It's become an entire subculture, which I did not know existed until Maya showed me these traumatic videos on YouTube. And I don't even want to go into how bad this is for the environment. So bad. Yeah, I don't even know what it's made of. It's frightening. It'll probably kill children if they ate it. <laughs> but there are, okay, so once again, folks, there are tons oh. of these videos. And let's, let's not forget that, you know, these squishies are also scented to smell like food. Oh, so, they're scented? I've never seen a scented one before. So small children and, and small animals, dangerous. Yeah, so once again, tons of these videos and each one of these videos have hundreds of thousands of views. All these videos are, are people going, Look at my squishy. Look at me squish it. What is the world coming to? Next up, now this one at least involves a little bit of craft. It's called Crooked Rot on YouTube. Um, and these are videos by a guy called David Firth, who experiments in stop-motion photography. But the result is spine-tingling. And and that's that's his main objective, really. He just, it doesn't really do very much or say very much. But the images that you see are definitely intended to creep you out. It's kind of cool. I say horror filmmakers should take a page out of David Firth's book because he uses the right visuals to get humans all screwed up and elked out, you know. This kind of reminds me of American Horror Story. A little bit Monty Python, a little bit American Horror Story. You know, the, the, the use of a bit of red paint. The idea of something going to your ear. And the spatter. <laughs> and people just make weird noises. That's really cool. So subtlety, I think, is a, is a really powerful thing. It makes you question, like, what the hell is this? Why am I watching this? It's so bad, but it's so good, but it's bad. <laughs> it, it, it's bad, but at the same time, I'm, I'm drawn to it because I think I'm drawn to it due to the skill involved in making something like that. Mm. Anything with stop motion always grabs my attention just because I've seen all these making off videos of what people have to go through to put such things together and it seems like such tedious artistic work. Um, and, and, and this guy who does Crooked Rot is clearly 
trying to tell weird, twisted, horrific stories without dialogue, without um, any kind of conversation, just using There's sound. There's no story either. No it's story, just yeah. Imagery. Just sound, imagery, and he's trying to invoke a reaction from you, and I think he succeeds. It's, it's, it's really fascinating. To contrast with that is something that's totally devoid of craft, but super high on the creepy scale. This YouTuber is a sex offender, and his videos actually caused him to violate his parole. His YouTube name is Edarem, but his real name is Edward Muscaray. He looks like a sex offender. And he does nothing to suggest anything that he's doing anything bad. If Jimmy Fallon were doing this, it would be A-OK. He's just a creepy guy (laughs) dancing creepily to Pretty Woman. I I can't take this. Are you creeped out yet, Uma? I'm creeped out, but that that is so bad it's good. Okay, so we're still bad, it's good. I don't know. It's, it's, it's so bad, it's bad because he's a sex offender, but it's so bad, it's good because I want to watch him creepily dance to Pretty Woman. It's it's like the fat kid who who dances to that weird Spanish song, the Numa Numa song, right? There is and, something and appealing. Hung. And William Hung, exactly. What is it? Oh, this is just schadenfreude. We enjoy watching other people's pain, clearly. Mm. Well, um, this next category, okay, I, I don't know if it's bad, it's good. I think it's bad, it's bad, okay, because that's what my, I'm aiming for. Um, it involves dressing up. There are two videos here that involve dressing up. Um, and the first one, you know, if, if you haven't heard of masking, I don't know if you have. I have heard of masking. Okay. And for those of you who haven't, you know, I'm really sorry to introduce you to this very disturbing um, activity where men wear expressionless women's masks and dance around trying to look sexy. Um, and of all the maskers, the most famous star is Carrie, who not only has her own website, but her own YouTube channel as well. And if you look up Carrie's Alice mask, you get a chance to see her um, amongst other posturing and stuff, vacuuming the curtains. Yeah. Why is she vacuuming? I don't know. That's so weird. It's so bad. It's bad. There are all sorts of people in this world. I think Carrie's kind of sort of living out a fantasy where she really is a woman and she's just doing everyday womanly things like vacuuming the sofa and the blinds. The thing is, all of these things are incredibly fetishistic fetishistic Mm. and yeah just being that fetishistic means oh she's wiping the sweat on her forehead (laughs) okay so maybe I've made a mistake in sort of veering into the different fetishes no but I think you're right uh, in doing this because all of these I mean squishies to a certain extent are fetishistic and and that's why I brought up that sexual element of it the squeezing of it the the collecting of it the oh I must collect them all Pokemon I have to catch them all it, it's <laughs> all it all caters to fan service fetishes uh, not all of them may be sexual but they're still fetishistic in, in many ways and so a video like this does cater, I'm sure, to someone's twisted fantasy of emotionless women vacuuming and cleaning the house. There are all sorts of people in this world, Maya. There are all sorts of crazies. No judgment, no judgment. Okay, I'm sorry I used the word crazy. 
there are all sorts of people. There are all each sorts of people. <laughs> um, and way up there with Carrie is Alex, the human animal. Human animal. And Alex is a yif. A yif is another term. Uh, if you don't know what that means, it's someone who likes to pretend to be an animal during their intimate moments. Or maybe Alex is just auditioning for a role on cats. cats. Okay, so we're watching White Tiger 5 by Alex, the human animal. And it's com- completely silent. Uh, no sound effects whatsoever. But He is in a skin-tight white tiger suit. It's got stripes and everything. And he's very statuesquely posing in dance-like movements befitting Cats, the musical. But do you not think that this just caters to asexual fetish and nothing more? There are people who probably get off on this video, but it doesn't break any of YouTube's laws because it's performance art. Aha, uh-huh. there you go. And He is now licking and cleaning himself. <laughs> Going by the number of people who are fascinated by Fifty Shades of Grey, some people would probably just get a kick out of watching this without getting turned on. Yeah, this is, this is clearly under the category of so bad it's bad. Finally. So bad it's bad. This is awful, folks. <laughs> White Tiger 5. You need to Google this and search for it and watch it. And uh, Alex the human animal does other animals as well. There's one where he's a deer and he's kind of like out outdoors. Um, yeah, this is real, real stuff. Okay, the final one I've got, and which I hope is the worst one on the list, is bananas exploding on face. I have no words for this one. Um, but if you're really having a bad day and you want a bit of a giggle and you're over 35, um, this is a video of a man wearing a mask covered in bananas, which have been glued on, uh, with firecrackers embedded in them. And he methodically lights each one. <laughs> the video goes on for six minutes. Kids don't try this at home. Totally not. You have to be over 35 to watch this video even. So he's got a lighter. <laughs> he's lit the first one and it's popped. I don't know why, but it makes me laugh. Oh, Maya, you know there's some performance artists out there who probably win an award for something like this. Seriously? I don't get it, though. Am I being provincial here? No, no, I don't get it. I think it's kind of, I think it's so bad, it's bad. But you know, there's a lot of people who would probably call that great performance art. That's exactly what he's doing. Oh my god, and this goes on until all the bananas, of course, have been exploded. Yeah, it's a six-minute video. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in, in, in more popular culture, I think what's interesting about the so bad it's good stuff, uh, there's a lot of it these days. There's, 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 there's things like Devious Maids. It's a TV show. That's so bad it's good. Yeah, so bad yeah. it's good. There's it's Empire. It's up there with uh, Mistresses. Mistresses, Empire. Empire. Uh, a lot of these shows that are very interesting because... It, it uses very tried and tested formula. Bold and the Beautiful, Days of Our Lives. It's the same formula, but it tries to upgrade it, tries to make it a little more high-classic as opposed to your, your, your standard daytime soap operas. Mm-hmm. And it cleans it up. It polishes it up. Better production value, slightly better scripting. Um, maybe, I wouldn't say A-list actors. Well, actually, yeah. Empire has A-list actors with Terrence Howard and all of that. But... What it does is it takes that soapy formula and makes it appealing to your otherwise mass, some even discerning audiences because they enjoy that sort of escapism. And and for me, that's really fascinating because it, it speaks to something quite crucial, quite inherent within 
us that yeah. we like those stories. We really enjoy those stories. Yeah. And I don't know. And a lot of the time, I think it is our pretension that holds us back from embracing <laughs> those stories. I used to love watching Bold and the Beautiful. I won't lie. Desperate you, Housewives. I Desperate enjoyed, Housewives, yeah. you know, and because it appeals to our our enjoyment of drama, our enjoyment of the cliffhanger, <laughs> and our enjoyment of the, the twist in the tale. It's, it builds on very standard storytelling tropes. Mm-hmm. and But it polishes it up to a way that doesn't get in the way of our our, our pretension. Anyway, um, of course, this is just a smidgen of what you can find out there of on All the TV. things that are so bad that's out there, right? Yeah, and on the internet. Uh, but that's it from us on A Sunny Kind of Love, the Fifty Shades of Grey episode where things are so bad, it's bad. Thank you, Uma Pagan and Bike Pagan, for being so bad with Thank us. you, Maya. Uh, this is Reverend Horton Heat, Bad Reputation. This has been A Sunday Kind of Love. I'm Maya Tan, BFM 89.9. for listening to this podcast to find more great interviews go to bfm.my or find us on itunes bfm 89.9 the business station